Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Arnas, Sayadar, and Sayadin. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. All right, what's up, fantasy book lovers? This is the full Phantology 5 here with our November month recap and kicking off our new competition for the month of December, which is going to be top fantasy book maps. We are riding the wave of success on the top fantasy book covers competition that took place in November, and we're going for another visual component. So if you're listening to the podcast, tune into the YouTube video if you want to see, uh, get an actual visual of the maps that we've selected. If not, we'll put them out there on Discord, Twitter, whatever, so you can uh, see that as well and get some inspiration for your selections. Okay, so you guys ready with your maps? Are we going a little more creative this time? I mean, there's a few big ones, but we can find some good ones out there as well, some hidden gems maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Gone for a more personal touch. Okay, wait. Time out. Before we got on recording... Jake literally said, I was Googling the best fantasy maps. <laughs> so I don't know how much of a personal touch Jake can claim here. No, I, I Maybe mean, he just I, needed a primer, prime the pump a little bit. I went for maps with a more personal touch to them. Not me personally. I haven't okay. Jake likes to touch all those maps super personally. <laughs> okay. Jake doesn't like a map unless he can get his hands on it. <laughs> Got to get your hands on a good map. Yeah. I mean, that's not wrong, right? It's not. (laughs) Okay, let's actually start with our month of November recap. We'll do that quickly and then go into the maps because I know that's what everyone is excited for. So November is the month we've been looking forward to for a while. Kind of sad to see it pass because it means that a lot of the excitement or maybe some of the excitement is is in the rearview mirror now that we've read uh, a lot of Rhythm of War. But there are still a few other things that happened as well. We had Fires of Vengeance come out by Evan Winter, which we haven't, at least I personally have not got to yet because of all the excitement around Rhythm of War. But I guess that's the elephant in the room. Should we just talk about that first? Yeah, let's dive right in. Yep. So we've been covering each part individually, and that means we have three episodes out as it stands on today, November 30th. We'll cover parts four and five as well, and then do a episode with our full reactions, non-spoiler and spoiler, a lot of coverage around Rhythm of War. <laughs> probably like way too much coverage. You, you probably hate us by now if you like mythology but don't like Sanderson. Yeah, but you know, it's it's pretty much recognized in the fantasy world as having you know a lot of weight to it. So I think people are pretty understanding. We We try and give a lot of weight to lesser known books as well and give airtime to that so i think this is just us indulging our our love of the mainstream epic fantasy right now we've been pretty constrained too i think sanderson at least that's that's who got me into fantasy and so up until this point we've only reviewed like i think mistborn the first book i think that's That's like the only other sanderson that we've done so 
Uh, as well, well as this other stormlight. than the okay. other stormlight yeah. yeah yeah we've done uh emperor soul with our buddies oh friends talking fantasy yeah friends yeah. talking fantasy yeah that's true but anyway so in terms of how much weight we could have been putting on sanderson the whole time i think we're we're doing pretty good we're striking a good balance i don't think a single one of our videos goes by that we don't mention <laughs> <laughs> that's fair not that i'm saying we should stop but it's clear that we're Sanderson fanboys. Yeah. So as it stands now with Ventology, I think myself and Ben and Josh, we're all about the same area around like 80-ish percent through. And I think Jake and Ryan, you guys have both finished, yeah? Yeah. Yes, sir. So we're not going to talk about it a whole lot yet because I don't think people really want any impressions, but you guys like the book? <laughs> I did, yeah. I mean, it's a Stormlight Archive book. Yeah. How yeah, could you kind of, not kind of like hard it? Not to. All, all I'll say is it does a good job of being the book before the last book. Oh, my god! An gosh. ultimate is the uh, you vocab word you're trying to come up with. Freaking... <laughs> well, I was going to say before the climax, and then I was like, well, probably not all of book five will be a climax. But knowing Sanderson, it might be. Who knows? <laughs> I mean... He... If you've read The Wheel of Time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So with Rhythm of War, we tuned into the release party. That was kind of fun. And he had a lot of artists on, talked for like three hours about the book. It was was a pretty singular event. Shards in in Space. That was the highlight of that. (laughs) What was? Shards in Space. Weren't there like shard spaceships or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, So he read from a upcoming sequel to Six of the Dust. And shard guns. Yeah, shard guns. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was fun. And then we also got the Wave King Leatherbound came out in November. And uh and that, that's been fun to own. Dude, I think see, uh, myself and Ryan both picked those up. Steven, I, I saw on Twitter and Facebook that he has all the leather bounds in his shop and it was so hard not to buy them. <laughs> I really wanted to. Dude, just do it. In 20 years, it'll totally be, it'll be a great investment. But is he going to want to sell them in 20 years? Probably not. No, no you'll never want to sell them. But if you needed to, if the world was ending, you could trade it for a, a like a bunch of Stormlight or something. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I, I, wish I, I wish I could, but I can't right now, so... Yeah, props to Josh for restraint. Yeah. You need a. Oh, who's Steven's favorite character in Stormlight that helps Shalon buy the books for cheap? Just Yalb? Yeah, Josh needs a Yalb in his life. Help him get a good sneaky deal on these books. Man, I, I splurged enough by getting the uh, signed hardcover and the ebook and the audiobook. So I've, I've splurged enough. That That's probably about one equivalent to one leather bound book. So somebody stole your hard yeah. copy, though. Yeah, so I don't want to throw any stores under the bus, but the way that the store works is you get a bag number given to you, and then you walk back, and they have a bunch of bags hanging up, and you grab your bag. And so I went to get my book, and no book is in sight, or no bag with that number is in sight. So they, they are going to try and find it, and if not, they're going to reach out to, like, try and buy another one for me through Brandon Sanderson's store because they had already sold all of theirs. Dang. And try and send Oof. it to me. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like an inside job. Who'd you order from? Well, I don't want to throw the store under the bus. Uh, 
So I bought it from the same place and I went to pick <laughs> up and I'm not going to lie. I was, I saw all the bags and I was like, man, it is so tempting not to just start looking through bags, find the lowest number copy and then swap it with my own book. Cause there's no name or anything on the book. It's just a number. So nobody would ever know except if somebody found me snooping through all the bags. So is there anything to prevent someone from just grabbing five and walking out? I not, no, not really. Steven's okay. discovering the concept of shoplifting for the first time. <laughs> well, I'm just speculating as to what happened to Josh. My, my, my guess is that somebody honestly just grabbed the wrong bag and, and left with mine because look at, it's look just at Josh. numbers. So seeing, seeing shouldn't this people. be a situation where there would be another numbered bag that that person was supposed to have grabbed? Similar to like if you're at an airport and somebody grabs the wrong suitcase, shouldn't there always be like another one? Well, yeah. So there probably will be when all the copies are picked up. There probably will be one left over, but there's still like a hundred copies or so left that people need so to. So you're pick still up. waiting for yourself. Yeah. Fun fact that actually happened to me one time. Somebody grabbed my suitcase, and I waited until there was just one left, and I called the number on it. And the guy came back to the airport, and we traded back suitcases. All right. On the heels of that fascinating story. <laughs> Let's talk about some other books that came out in the month of November. So I mentioned Fires of Vengeance, which is the sequel to The Rage of Dragons by Evan Winter. We also got The Burning God from RF Kwong. And that is the third in The Poppy War. There's there's no Poppy War. There's no larger series name, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. The Poppy okay. Same title as the first book. And that is the conclusion of that. I believe that's just a trilogy. And there was Ready Player Two. That came out sequel, obviously, to Ready Player One. So I haven't really gone into any of these yet, but I plan on reading all three of these books. Uh, maybe we'll uh, set that up in December. Yeah, I, I know we just, I think we all finished reading the second Poppy War book just before Rhythm of War. Maybe I'm the nah, only man. one that fulfilled that commitment. I failed. I got way too far behind with other readings. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, okay, well... I heard I heard that one was good. I heard Fires of Vengeance was really good. But I heard Ready Player Two wasn't good. Yeah, that's been the chatter. I haven't peeked behind too many spoiler tags on our Discord, but that seemed to be the consensus was that it, it couldn't live up to the hype of Ready Player One. I'm definitely going to read it, but I've read Armada by Ernest Klein, and it felt like it, felt like it tried to be Ready Player One and just just it just didn't click and that's how i'm afraid ready player two will be kind of hitting the same boxes but just not not coming together as well so is Klein kind of like a one-hit wonder type situation i've i only know those two by him now three i guess but it's looking like it i mean it was like ready player one was great armada maybe a little bit of a flop he goes back to try to recreate the magic of two and then that's not great. So uh, yeah, maybe things are not great I mean, there. Maybe it's intentionally not well done because the whole thing what? with sequels in the eighties, you know, like can never nah, live man. up to the hype of the first one. So it's kind of like a meta <laughs> analysis of. But wasn't Empire Strikes Back in the eighties? Bless you, Ben. Seventies. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back was seventies. Is that the second one? Yeah. I will Google it. I think it was eighties. It was it was eighties because in that seventies show they're all excited for the first uh, Star for, Wars for a New Hope. Yeah, yeah, and that's like the end of the seventies. Nineteen eighty. Okay. Okay. Well, and there's going to be widely, one. 
that's widely recognized as like the best of a sequel. Yeah, there's going to be an exception that proves the rule, Jake. All right, so. <laughs> an exception that proves the rule. <laughs> Good positive thinking, Ben. There were a few TV things as well. So Mandalorian season two is currently is running through its weekly releases. I think there's five episodes out as we're recording now. And I've really enjoyed those. I think it's better than season one. The plot line is starting to come together a little bit more, which was my criticism of season one. And there's been some characters from other parts of Star Wars that I know fans are really excited about. Yeah, so this I'm I'm suffering what I like to call wife watching syndrome with this, where my wife wants to watch this with me, but is also unwilling to ever watch it with me. So <laughs> huh. I'm still stuck on the first episode. Seems like a conundrum. Yeah. <laughs> paradox seems like a very easily solved conundrum what a great name ben just gasp at all the right points when you're watching it for the second time life watching <laughs> syndrome <laughs> that that could also sound like something that is not <laughs> that's true that was the name on the fly okay i'll try and come up with it <laughs> oh boy all right any other comments on Mandalorian uh, as we get off of that oh, little bit man. there? I haven't seen the most recent episode that everyone's all hyped about, so I'll, I'll be watching that one soon. Fun story. My three-week-old son, uh, when my father-in-law just came into town, he was watching him during the nights. And when my son wasn't falling asleep, he took the opportunity to watch some episodes of Mandalorian Season 2. So my three-week-old son has seen more of The Mandalorian than I have. <laughs> so nice. So Ryan, did he like, like it? You are also suffering from wife-watching syndrome. No, I I honestly lost steam in the first season. I couldn't get through it. Oh wow! Uh, I'm in the same boat. I made it to the episode where they're defending the village, and then, dude, you are guys, crazy. You guys are all suffering from wrong opinion syndrome. <laughs> wrong opinion Ooh. or or too high of expectations syndrome. My three-year-old will sit there and watch the first episode of season two, like on a repeat. Nice. <laughs> are you are you trying to brag about being a bad parent? That's how you know it's a high-quality <laughs> show if a three-year-old will watch it on repeat. I guess. <laughs> At least my son won't even remember it when he's older. <laughs> this is in the same ballpark as like Peppa Pig. Then it's like yeah. high-quality high content. <laughs> All right, uh, the the sons of Phantology have watched more Mandalorian than actual. Phantology has clearly also out this month was his dark materials and i'm excited for that but i'm also just going to wait i think for that all to come out so i can get my week of free hbo max access binge it all and then not pay for anything yeah fair <laughs> i've i've watched the first episode i haven't watched the episode two and three yet i don't think first one was good steven and that was fun. Josh and I did a review of season one, so we'll have to do the same thing for season two when it concludes. Yeah, that I'm suffering from not having HBO HBO syndrome for that. I got about halfway through season one, and the person who I was leeching HBO off of, like <coughs> Jake, um, canceled their subscription. <laughs> Oof, sounds like a jerk. Well, well, the thing with that is our. Uh, Amazon Prime, for some reason, charged my wife's card for the subscription, even Ooh. though it was in my name. And so we just saw this, like, however much the, the yearly subscription is, like $130 charge from Amazon. We're like, what? So we disputed it, and then our Prime got canceled. <laughs> and we're like, oh, 
Well, why is that under her car Man, now? Seriously, it was just a <laughs> twist of fate that got my HBO <laughs> HBO taken away. Well, then, <laughs> then it was a very hard decision. Well, impossible, as you can see, for me to convince <laughs> my wife that we should be paying for HBO still. <laughs> So, oh, twist of fate. Man. How the prime gods just play <laughs> games with our lives. Seriously. Well, if you're listening and you want to support Phantology and buy us the things that our wives won't <laughs> let us buy, you can do that at patreon.com slash Phantology underscore books. And uh, we have all of our other episodes and stuff online at www.phantologybooks.com. Realized I forgot to do our little promo. So throwing that in here now as a mid reel. So one more TV thing, maybe uh, Jake, you can give us some details here if you know, but uh, Wheel of Time filming is like done almost, but not quite. And now they're filming at some castle in Spain. Do you know anything about this? Yeah. So last I heard, like officially, they were, they had to close production again, but... In the Czech Republic, right? In the Czech Republic. But then it it was, uh, I think Daniel Green covered this and some other people saying they only needed what are basically some, I think, like establishing shots and things like that, um, which aren't very production-intensive. like Stuff they could still do. They could still do without like everyone needing to be there. So then it sounded like, oh, things are almost done. But now, yeah, they're filming in Spain. So I don't know. I don't know what this really means in terms of when to expect it to be finished. I'm hoping... So are you saying that there's... Are you saying that there's going to be like 50% more voiceover shots than there should be? Like camera pans down as Rian narrates his home village? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully hopefully they're more like the shots just like in between scenes, like some some scenery or like, we'll see, I guess. In Spain, the the clickbait article that I saw that I, of course, clicked on said that it was some big battle that they were filming at a castle. Doesn't sound very socially distanced. Yeah. Also, does that sound like book one? I don't. I don't think that really sounds like book one. That today. that sounds like book two to me, a specific yeah. part. But uh-huh. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping for a, a summer release of 2021. But it, every piece of news I hear makes me think it's more going to be holiday 2021. It's a bunch of rumors right now. I don't think we've heard anything official for some time. Yeah. Probably because they don't know. I'm assuming that yeah. like everything, people are just kind of scrambling to get things together the best they can. So we will be patient. Right. So that, yeah. And good news there. We don't have to pay for HBO. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The good thing, I was like, wait, isn't it on HBO? I, but the good thing with that is we're not going to have to deal with anything like with the Dune movie and other movies that are coming out with studios trying to decide, is it worth it to stream it or is it worth it to do a limited box office like it was already like the intent is to stream it so the actual release shouldn't be delayed by anything like any financial reasons like that well what if what if there's other things that they end up streaming and so it kind of like gets pushed back in the line you know what i mean no nah, that's not gonna happen this is this is big that's fair yeah we set okay. our we set our schedules around wheel of time <laughs> now that they don't have utopia season two to take care of oh, oh gosh man. Never read. You know I never what? watched that one. That was pretty no, good until the. It's it's a waste of your time. <laughs> okay. All right. Any other news from the larger landscape for November? Otherwise, there's a couple of phantology things I wanted to touch on. Uh, yeah, the corporate corporate greed news. 
Amazon reverse their policy where you could return an audio audible book no. like within well, I think you can return it within seven days, but it used to be that you could return it within a year. Yeah. And then any royalties that the authors got paid were just like taken, like refunded from them. Oh. So people like authors found out about that and were pretty upset with Amazon. I might be getting the details of this wrong, but it was a very author hostile policy. That makes sense. So I think that they have, they came out with a new policy, which was, you can still do a return within seven days. And I think the authors keep, Royalty keep it, of it. royalties no matter what. I think that's the policy, but fact check me on that. Cause I don't want to be getting that wrong. And then Disney also had a kerfuffle where they um, were not paying the author of some star Wars books of like the main kind of the oh, foundational yeah. star Wars books. They weren't paying them royalties either. And an argument from a Disney spokesperson, I don't know if this is official like law argument, was that they bought the rights, but not the responsibilities yeah. of payment. It was like for, the transfer of, of rights meant they didn't have to keep paying it or something. That's so basically this author was getting screwed. And the, the commentary I heard on it was that it was a lot bigger deal than this one person because as there's more like kind of corporate conglomeration of all these rights it is going to become a much bigger deal on how you know the original contracts are handled so yeah. anyway that's just some something to keep an eye on that's interesting yeah um i had some news well i i'm gonna throw it to ryan to see if he has um any takes <laughs> on it since he's the expert is cyberpunk no but um some rothfuss news yeah rothfuss news oh. is he tweeting still he came out with a video last week with major updates. I and, did not see and this And he video. talked Brandon Sanderson. Yeah, you guys should go watch his video. Why don't you tell us the major updates? Jake, there's all, it's, almost like there's a, it. it's almost like there's a Discord where all of us talk about this type of stuff. <laughs> it would have been perfect. There's even like a, a news channel, like a fantasy well, news channel that, that well, you could use. It was a week ago. You're saying you didn't have Discord a week ago? Uh, I was on PTO, so computer access was limited. <laughs> okay, Jake, j- just just tell us tell us the news. Seems yeah. like you still managed to watch the video, Jake. There's <laughs> well, a share button. Well, 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 turns out the reason I'm not sharing the news is because I didn't watch it yet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I was hoping Ryan had watched it so he could share okay, is, the news. Is this the one where he compares himself to Brandon Sanderson? Because I think I watched this one. I don't know. It's from a week ago. On he the he doesn't compare the, himself to Brandon. To Alien. Brandon Sanderson is in the title. It says something like, yeah, update, whatever. Yeah, so I, I think I watched this, and it's not huge news. I think that he was saying that there's – I don't want to get the details wrong, but it's not major updates at you, all. So all you Doors of Stone is still not coming out or what? You listeners should all go watch that video and learn what we're going to learn. <laughs> I don't us. know, man. The, the video sounds kind of lame. Oh. <laughs> All, all Steven thinks about when he watches Rothfuss's videos is how he should be writing. And I just wanted to to keep it's with our tradition. As as Ryan said, we always we pretty much mention Brandon Sanderson in every video, but we also pretty much mentioned Patrick Rothfuss in every video too. So I wanted to keep with yeah, that. Yeah, you stole Ryan's thunder because yeah. usually Ryan brings up his latest uh, adventures on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, he hasn't posted it on Twitter. It's on his YouTube channel. To do some positive Rothfuss news, his World Builders charity is doing a big thing over the holidays. So check that out. He does do a lot of good with a couple of charities he does, that he yeah. runs. So 
Yeah, he does. And you, Stephen, you should play. He's struggling with the book. He does. Uh, he he does do some good in the world. And I think you're going to ask me to plug our charity event that we're participating in. Yeah. Yeah. So next, this is the photology news into December in two weekends. So this is on December 11th and 12th. There's going to be a 24 hour stream with a bunch of content creators specifically around the wheel of time. And we are close enough to that where we are invited to participate. So we will be on there for an hour Friday at 10 Eastern time on 12, 11 talking some wheel of time. We're still kind of trying to come up with our topic, but I'm liking the idea of doing some kind of mashup, like, uh, you know, if wheel of time characters were Knights Radiant or some kind of battle or, or like individual character face off, something like that. Cause you know, we cover wheel of time, but we also cover a bunch of other books. So if we could combine the books somehow, but still be true to our wheel of time compatriots who are organizing this, I think that would be ideal. Yeah. Give us suggestions on uh, our discord things you might want us to talk about. We I'm should do it. Who wears it better, the Waze or Shadesmire? Mm, okay, okay. Set, setting comparison, I when like you, it, I like it. When you said who wears it better, I instantly started thinking of all the different Sprint clothing descriptions. Oh, yeah. So maybe a, a fashion show, best dressed. Best dressed Sprint. Best, best dressed of Shadesmar. <laughs> Versus all of Matt's different outfits in Wheel of Time. Yeah. Yeah, this, yeah. the pink ribbons, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he can beat the pink ribbons. Matt couldn't even beat it. I was thinking more of his uh, nice lordly coats that he gets more and more into. His hats? He's got one hat. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got at least the one. Um, Any some de- some details around this actual event. So it's the Wheel of Time holiday charity stream, hashtag uh, WOTA holiday. And all proceeds are going to the Lightweaver Foundation, which is the charity that uh, the Brandon Sanderson team has set up. And Sanderson's sister actually runs you can buy a cool night's radiant christmas ornament and and the target goal is to raise five thousand dollars for the charity and our hosts our honored hosts of this event are makir talks and black tower podcast who are our our dear friends jake and i attended their event uh their two-year anniversary event a couple months ago always a good time with the black tower podcast yeah so shout out to those guys good cause tune in at least It'll be a good time. I can't wait until Phantology has our two-year event. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, we just we just passed one year, actually. We we passed one year without a big event. So in two years, when COVID is hopefully over, we will do an event. Huzzah. I think the closest we've gotten was four of us playing uh, the Stormlight Archive board game. Oh, guys, speaking of, over Thanksgiving, my brother has... One of my brothers has that game. He brought it down and... Four, three of my brothers have read those books, at least Wave Kings through Rhythm of War, and I could not get them to play it with me. What? Ah. I tried so hard. I could not. I was so disappointed. Did they feel they weren't ready to swear their oaths and become Knights Radiant? I think one of them wanted to play, but it, we wanted to play with more, and the other ones were like, well, I don't want to spend the time learning to do this. I don't oh, know. Excuses. Excuses. Yikes. Excuses, yeah. Man. Dude, you were you were you were down here in Arizona. Yeah, dude, I would have played with you had I, I know. been here. We switched places. Yeah, plus the whole COVID. Uh, Jake's yeah. gonna trade in his his actual brothers for his Phantology brothers. Oh, in a in a heartbeat. All my brothers <laughs> who are listening. Yes, you heard it. You heard it here first. 
One of my first thoughts at the end of this is no spoilers at the end of Rhythm of War was just like, wow, well, now my game is very outdated. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. We'll have to get the expansion. (laughs) Expansion. I really hope they do that. So if you haven't played the Stormlight Archive Call to Adventure, the cards are really geared towards specific events that occur in the books and have some really nice artwork. And so Ryan's thinking, okay, now we got all these new events we don't have cards for. Yeah, and don't be afraid if you haven't read all the books. There's not really spoilers. It's, it's like more, a duel. Or yeah, something, right? and then if you've read the part, you'll be like, oh, these are the characters it's referring to. Mm-hmm. And if you yeah, haven't read it, well it's just, oh, here's some cool artwork. I will say, I have a brother-in-law who loves board games, and me and Ryan tried to play this game with him. Ryan, you were there, right? And yeah. he did not, he was not a fan of it. I think. Well, because he lost. I, yeah, I think he's normally used to winning. Because <laughs> normally it's like ah. me and it's like me and Ryan trying to like learn how to play his games, and this time it was like him learning how to play our games. Yeah, he wasn't super enthusiastic about it. Um, hey, all right, update. I just found the video Jake was talking about, the Patrick Rothfuss video. It's called "New Patrick Pat Rothfuss Shares Latest Updates, Talks About George R. R. Martin, Brandon Sanderson, and more." The top comment on YouTube is. If you came here for updates on the third book, there aren't any. Good video, though. <laughs> was that so, by him, or was that just a random comment? A random comment. <laughs> a random comment. That uh, is a great TLDR on that video. <laughs> Thank goodness for that YouTuber. <laughs> wonder how many of the views were from people clicking on it, reading that comment, <laughs> exiting. <laughs> yeah. How many views lasted five seconds? Hey, I love you, Pat. All right. Yeah. He's doing good stuff, but hey, uh, send, I guess send not. Send us the arc the of, of Doors of Stone. We would love to. <laughs> we'd love to help you with that. Man, we've dissed him way too much. He's not sending us an you arc. You guys have dissed him, not me. I'll get the arc. Jake. You were literally the one who brought up the Rothfuss news for the month, Jake. Well, the news was he had an update. That was the news. <laughs> the update, which was not an update. <laughs> it was a good video, though. He talked about his mental health in it. That's the main thing i remembered like in, okay in the ways that he takes care of himself i i don't diss patrick rothfuss i just dissed well formerly dissed our, our favorite narrators now <laughs> yeah that that uh never happened we <laughs> we we uh, retroactively took that one back yeah okay so that is the month of november hope that was entertaining to you let's talk about our favorite fantasy book maps wait 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 whoa 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 <laughs> Cyberpunk. There was a piece of news I've been waiting to share this whole time. Oh, yeah. I'm going to share it really quickly because I didn't get to share any news and I feel left out. All right, Ryan, let's go. All right. The news is always open for anyone, Ryan. Okay. All right. Cyberpunk 2077 was delayed again until December 9th. Of of this year? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like 10 days from now. Well, it was was originally supposed to come out in like March, then September, then November. December and people have paid to pre-order, right? That's kind of the issue. I don't know if they have yet, honestly. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. People are pre-ordering the game for sure. It's the most one of the like best sellers on Steam right now. I doubt people are going to be really disappointed with it. I mean, it's a pretty tried and true production company or developer. I'm probably going to wait a couple days after it comes out, see what the reviews say about it, and then if they're positive, I'm going to yeah. buy it has a really it seems like it has a really cool system of like acquiring new skills and stuff like that nice all right sorry we can go back to we're now moving on 
No, I want to I do I do want to hear your Cyberpunk 2077 news. If you've listened to other episodes, you'll know that I'm disabled and I haven't played video games for a while, but I'm learning how to right now actually. So I've got a, a setup that I'm building, so um if it's worth playing then I will figure out how to play it. All right. Nice. Okay, going into our top uh, fantasy maps. So, recap of last month, we did our first ever competition with a visual component to it. So, we we were doing top fantasy book covers, and everyone submitted an image with their covers. We put those on Twitter, Twitter poll, and Twitter scientifically determined that our winner was Tanner of Tarth. So, anyone, who, who knows where Tarth is? A little trivia for you fantasy nerds out there. Not I. Really? Nothing? Nothing? I I don't know. It sounds like a Witcher. Game of Thrones. Isn't it? Yeah, thank thank you, Jake. Isn't it? um, Brynn. Brynn of Tarth. Yeah, Brynn of Tarth. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, Sona of Tarth. And then I was like, Tanner. Tanner of Tarth. Fuck. (laughs) Yeah, Tanner and Brienne hang out at Tarth, the Sapphire Island. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dang, that was embarrassing. All right, so Tanner won with the submission of the Priory of the Orange Tree. I think that's the title. And Dune and the gathering storm i think the ebook cover so that was a fun that was a fun competition because we got to see a bunch of artwork and we are doubling down and running it back in december except you have to submit your favorite fantasy book map and the criteria is just highest quality map not necessarily the world we've already done settings so we're talking about how visually appealing is the map there's a bunch of fan-made maps out there obviously you can submit whatever image you want. So just go ahead and uh, and submit the, your top three and see how they do on Twitter. And we're going to kick it off with our top three and kind of prime the pump, if you will, with a bunch of suggestions. So I think, Jake, you called dibs on yeah. going first, right? Yeah. So starting off. What the heck am I looking at? All right. We're looking Dude, at a As circle. a former pre-calc teacher, that is a radian. That is a <laughs> radian you graph. think so. Um we're talking about maps, not circles. <laughs> so this okay. is um, this is a map of Arrakis, otherwise known as Dune. Um, I like this map because it has that old parchmenty feel, but it also it's kind of like a, like a, has like a star chart, almost sci-fi vibe to it because it's Dune. So I like the blend of the classic fantasy map with a sci-fi feel to it. Number two, what is Mount Idaho? Seriously, have you have you Idaho got its own Duncan mountain? Idaho yeah, Duncan Idaho, big... man. Man, I'm I don't know anything about Dune. I'm sorry. All right, before you blaspheme his name, maybe you should take a take a read. <laughs> <laughs> Duncan Idaho is a character in Dune, so. <laughs> and Stephen has promised to read Dune. Yeah, I promised to read Dune before the movie came out. The movie's been delayed, so I have longer to read. <laughs> All right, next up we have um, this is called Thror's map from the uh, from the Hobbit. I see some I see some runes. Yeah, so top 3 features of this map, although simplistic, number 1, it was hand drawn by J.R.R. Tolkien. So that's pretty cool. Um I I'm loving the runes. It just looks so it looks like a map that you would literally find in like a personal map of somebody that they just drew. Yeah, and someone's like, annotated right there on the map. Yeah. Doesn't one of the maps like have the passcode to get into somewhere just written right on it actually i think that's in the hobbit right he uh bilbo has the map and it says on the map what to say to get into the speak friend and enter 
No, no, no. This isn't The <laughs> Hobbit to get into the mountain. Uh, maybe. Yeah, might have to Man, reread that. I haven't read The Hobbit forever. Okay, better than the movies. And then the last one is this is not only one of my favorite maps in general of fantasy, but just this rendition of it. So good. I think we all know what's happening here. Oh, oh. is Dang, it playing? Jake. It's not playing. This is a video. It's a map. It's a video of a map. Wow. I don't hear the music, but I'm imagining. Yeah, it. I don't know how to get the music to go through, and probably I did the music. You did, yeah. Steven's got the music. Anyways, I I honestly I like the map on its own, but I also think it's it's so iconic of the show how they, you know, brought it all together with showing the map in the intro. So, those are my top three maps. Cool, cool, cool. That third one, man. Jake's maps. <laughs> that that third one was impressive. We've never seen a video submission before. <laughs> All right, who's going to follow that up? All right, I'll go, but it's not a great follow-up, so. <laughs> you don't have a video? You feel ashamed of yourself? <laughs> they're, they're pretty basic, but, you know, it is what it is. Okay. I can see Luthadel. Is that what you're trying yeah, to show? Yeah, that's what I'm hey, trying to I, show. I had Luthadel in my arsenal ready to go. Well, good thing I went before nice. you. All right. <laughs> yeah, so this is Luthadel. I think it's a, it's just a really cool map. It has a lot of detail. It gives you a good idea of, of the city that you're working in. And Mistborn is one of the things that got me into the more epic fantasy. And this map was, you know, obviously a part of that. So, and it's just a really, really well done map. I think just like the actual execution of it. I really like the fact that it's like all dark. So it makes you think of like the soot and the mist. Yeah. But I also never knew that there was a river running through the Dell. So probably because Vin and Kelsey would just fly over it the whole time. Is this in the original book or is this in like a, a newly released? Seems newly released to me, but I could be wrong. At least this nice colored version. Yeah. I'm guessing it's, it's probably in the leather bound. I always love these little notes on the Isaac Stewart maps too from, uh, Naz. Is that his handwriting? Because yeah. it's always the same. Yeah. Fun fact about Rhythm of War, Isaac Stewart has been shouted out a few times throughout the book in it. So little Easter eggs. Yeah, he has a little Easter egg. One one thing that he said in the release party that I actually didn't know was that all of Bridge 4 was based off of some of his friends. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I remember because Moash was named after a guy named Mosh, I think. And I remember thinking... That was his editor. Oh, Moshe? Dang, I wonder who David is named after. Yeah. Okay. David. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> cool. We'll just go Facebook, Brandon and Sanderson. Look at all his friends. Next. All right. <laughs> all right. So this is the seven satrapies. And I can oh, yeah. really find a great, like, Looking at the map like this, I think the map in the book is better, but this is a good map too. No offense to the artist that made this, but I picked this kind of more for the setting because I really like in the book, this is from Lightbringer, by the way, how the map is a really big part of of the plot with Big Jasper and Little Jasper being mm-hmm. kind of islands in the middle of it. And there's plot devices that they use to like navigate the this big old uh, kind of sea that's in the middle of it. The Cerulean Sea. 
Yeah, I, I know that we're more going for like the actual maps, and Jake did a really good job of getting cool maps. But this one was just kind of how they how the map interacted with the story as well. It is a good setting, a very cool setting with a centralized lake, ocean. Everything else is on the outskirts, and the action takes place at the Chromaria mostly. And I like how the lettering is all rainbow colored, and you have all the different colors yeah. around the edges captures yeah. the feel of the book yeah i am a sucker for colored fantasy maps as you guys will see in my selections <laughs> the the last one is a fan-made map in a really cool way so this combines like the map contributing a ton to the setting and like the actual way that the map was created is really cool nintendo life so this is a map of hyrule from breath of the wild nice oh sweet and for those of you that have played breath of the wild it's an amazing game but this map is specifically like it's a it's what do you call it when topographical you the, yeah yeah topographical map mm-hmm. and it's made out of wood pieces that are like cut and built on top of each other out of like actual very impressive wood pieces cool. does it mark the location of all of the korok seeds all 900 yeah in my research i did find a map that marked the location of all of them to make this perfect you would also have to uh track your character's movement through the entire world and draw it as a line yeah there's there's another map that did that that is also really cool this reminds me of the the map ability that dalinar and shallan yeah exactly in in uh, in stormlight yeah (laughs) i'll i'll let that pass so so yeah, that's that's my third and best. Map. I love how he even made a little legend on the bottom left. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's he awesome. went he went all out. Yeah. All right, those are my three maps. Okay. All right, Ryan. I think we need I think we need you to follow that up. All right, my picks are super vanilla. Just just so you guys know, in order to prepare you guys. All right, so for my first vanilla pick. It is going to be these beautiful maps of both Shadesmar and Roshar. Um, these are re- remade by this guy, Stoneward13, on 17th Shard. Like I said, I'm a sucker for colored maps, and I think it's done very well with the font. And mm-hmm. it's just easy to tell where things are. Some maps, it's it's just really hard to find individual places, but I feel like there's not too much happening on this map where it's a good overview i think it's fine if you do like smaller maps that have a lot more in depth but this is just a good a good overview of the world and it so it's easy to find things figure out where places are that people are talking about fun fact i have that top map set as my desktop background right now so as i'm reading i can really get into the mood of the book know where know where i am all right, so my next map is going to be the World of Ice and Fire. This map I got from a guy, or online, obviously. It's done by, it was commissioned for, his name's Jonathan Roberts, and it was commissioned for one of the like World and Ice and Fire Illustrated Editions. Yeah, I think this is in the Folio Society edition. Yeah. And actually, I was thinking about that because I was like a little bit ago, I was over at Steven's house looking at his Folio Society edition and I saw the map and it was just so well done that 
I was I instantly thought of of that when when I thought of some of the best maps of the world. And I, I mean, so much of A Song of Ice and Fire takes place on Westeros, which when you actually look at a map, it's such a small, I mean, it's like a quarter of the entire world. Mm-hmm. And, and so it just gives you a sense of how, how large the world is, how small events actually are. And maybe we'll see more. Probably. I, I, I don't know. Maybe George R. R. Martin will come out with, the next two books and then he'll be like, Oh, I'm going to write another series and do it too. And that is not. some optimistic thinking there. <laughs> and my last selection is going to be another very epic fantasy world, uh, which is the Witcher three map. And it's just cool. Cause you can experience the Witcher three in so many different ways because you can, you can play the video game. I mean, I remember looking at the map so much. You just have s- such large surface area to explore in the video game. You're going to, s- you can read the books and now you can watch a TV show. It's just an incredible world to explore. Um, this map is, I-, I found it through a Reddit user named Obanon, O B A N O N, uh, to give credit and uh, ignore that inappropriate image in the bottom right yeah phantology tv ma <laughs> <laughs> if you've watched the witcher you've seen worse than that <laughs> so anyways those are my three picks very vanilla like i said but roshar song of ice and fire witcher three three of my top picks nice all right i don't want to be the last one because i am also not very confident in my picks so i'll let's do be the last one but All here's right, the thing. Bring it I kind of misunderstood. I was more going for how well the maps expanded the world. And so I'm just going to stick with that. You can choose whichever criteria you want, man. It's okay. I put the Pokemon world when we did settings. Yeah, yeah, that was that was illegal. Because I thought it was worlds I'd want to live in. <laughs> man, that inspired so many people to take artistic liberties. That's right, Twitter. We're cracking down this time. <laughs> no, no entries that are against the rules. No liberties. Okay, so this, can anybody guess what the, this is a map of? Elantris. I can guess because it says. Oh, <laughs> son of a gun. <laughs> Say more about Elantris. Okay, it's a map of Elantris. I'm not going to talk too much about this because I don't want to spoil anything, but it is a cool map. And if you actually look on, I was looking at Stephen's Leatherbound on the picture he posted on Discord, and not the insignia, but like the... What's embroidered? It's not embroidered on the book. It's like embossed. embossed. Stamped right on there. Embossed. Yeah. Embossed. Word. There's like a symbol that is embossed on the book that this map also has incorporated into it. And so anyway, it's just really cool. Mm. And yeah, it's just, it's a fun map that, that helps, that helps the setting. Okay. Yeah, Sanderson is very into the, the actual like geometry of some of his, his, his settings and symbols. Yeah, and I brought up the fact that I didn't know that Luthadel had a river through it because Elantris also has a river through it. Well, a lot of cities were founded on rivers right. because of trade, so yeah. I mean, it makes sense. That city appears to run underneath Elantris. Is that true? I don't remember enough of the book. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I, I guess we'll we'll probably assume that the map is accurate. I feel like the Elantris map also ties into the book a bit more than typical yeah. fantasy maps. Yeah. yeah. Lots of clues there. 
Okay, so then I'm going to go with the Marauders map as a great in-world map. And also, like, it's just expanded the world so much. It's still one of my favorite parts of Harry Potter. Didn't somebody else do that? Didn't Jake do the Marauders map? No way, man. Jake was Game of Thrones, Middle Earth, and... Dune. Marauders map has been entered in, I think, top fantasy artifacts in the past. Yes. Yeah. It's awesome. I still, like, to this day remember when I was reading Prisoner of Azkaban, and spoiler alert, Harry wants to go to Hogsmeade, but can't, and then Fred and George are like, you know what, we got to give this to him. They put him in the the hump witch lady statue, give him the map, and say, have at it. I I just think it's so funny in Harry Potter, because most of the biggest prizes in the wizarding world are given to harry so that he can do like really minor things yeah <laughs> dumbledore's like here's an invisibility cloak it also happens to be a deathly hollow yeah. i'm just gonna give it to you so you can sneak around <laughs> go in the Used wisely so you can go in the forbidden section of a library <laughs> yeah you can sneak into like the mirror of uh Aristad and just just look at that for nights on end yeah okay All right. Anyway, so it's it's awesome. Okay, now the third one, I'm actually having to use my Kindle right now. It's also, can anybody guess what this is going to be? Hmm. Something on your Kindle. Okay, so here Something we go. Only on the Kindle. So I couldn't decide between these two, so I'll have to just make one of them an honorable mention. But so this is a map of Shadesmar, or at least part of Shadesmar, that Shalon drew. And I really liked this because it gave you a really clear direction of where they're going, like where they're starting and where they're heading to. Mm -hmm. And I thought that one of the, I'm not finished with this book yet, but I think that one of the best parts of it is how the artwork interacts with, with the settings described in the book and how it really expands Mm -hmm. your, your vision of what's going on. So this is an awesome map. Now I think second to that, I love also on this little map, like the little footnote entries in, you know, next to where it says perpetual sobriety. It says also perpetually boring. Yeah. (laughs) She's super, uh, it's classic Shalon. I didn't think you would find that funny, Stephen, because. Is that Shalon or isn't it just like Nas making the map? Well, no, because this is from Shalon's sketchbook, isn't it? Maybe not. No, Shalon's sketchbooks are the the spread. That's true. That's true. I don't know. Okay. Then I'm going to say this sketch of your Thero was super cool. Both of these. This is super helpful as well. I really like this cross section. Just super cool. Again, I I think I'm going to put this as my my top map because it it really gave you a good idea of what you're reading. And I thought that, honestly, I wish we would have had this during Oathbringer because it helped you envision the like this scope and everything. yeah the scope there's like a picture of a chasm fiend in this first one to give you a sense of scale it's just it's just so good i really enjoyed it having listened to the book it was really fun afterwards to just google all the images i could find from the actual like physical copy i think it's on his website too Is you it? don't necessarily have to google around yeah he's uh, got it somewhere well i just i, I just went to copper mind right away and it was really fun seeing these like, man, I wish I could have like, this would have been really cool for a lot of parts in the book for reference. So to kind of tie in, you know, rhythm of war that we spent so much time talking about already, but yeah, I think that these, those two maps, but specifically the map of year through 
uh, has got to be up there in one of the top maps in fantasy right now. All right, it's my turn. Okay, last but not least, I'm going to throw up some Zoom backgrounds because I think that's fun. Okay, so my first one is this. Wow. Yeah, this depiction of Randland. And I'd like the regular map, but I kind of like this one because it shows you things, uh, you know, a little simplified. And it's got all the different nation, the flags of different nations in their different areas. And the art's really nice, and it just kind of pops right out there. Uh, I'll have to go on and figure out who actually made this. I think I just found this on Reddit or on Google Images or something. It looks so cozy. It's pretty cool that the artist depicted a moving image of you on top of it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's like It looks like it could have been like quilted almost. You know, it's like textured that way. I would definitely cut a lot to a, a Randland map quilt while reading. Josh is like, don't don't touch my don't touch my textured maps right now. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm coming after Josh's Zelda map. <laughs> All right. My second map. This is actually a series of maps, and these are the maps in The Heroes by Joe Abercrombie. And these are cool because of the importance to the actual plot of the book. And the Heroes is all about one battle. And as you can see on these maps, you get a depiction of the different troop placements. It really helps you visualize what's going on, the way the troops move around, and uh, just kind of adds a lot to the story. Sometimes I have trouble visualizing these larger movements. Like authors do their best to tell you where things are, but uh, it's nice to see things like this. So even though this one is black and white, it still looks it still looks quite nice. And Jabberhambi doesn't have a lot of maps in his books, actually. I think I entered a cover from the heroes as well. So I'm trying my best to be our Abercrombie fanboy. <laughs> I really want to get into those. Dude, they're good. Nothing's stopping you, man. Nothing is stopping you. Well, the stand is stopping me right now. <laughs> oh dang. Yeah, I gotta get back into that one. <laughs> I, I started over. I started over. It'd been too long since I'd read the first half. <laughs> You started over. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Come on, Jake. Oh, I started I started reading it again and I was like, there are uh, so many people in this. I need to restart. Plus, like I said, I'm not really good at listening. It takes me a bit. Back when COVID started, Josh and Jake were gonna read the stand, get on top of the current trend, this little COVID <laughs> there, thing. Wouldn't it be cool if we like got the COVID wave? Hey, but now they're making a series. So we're still writing it. Yeah, this is perfect. Yeah. Perfect timing. Josh and I planned it. Looks like other people had the same ideas. We had insider information. (laughs) Okay, Stephen King does pretty well. People have produced a whole television series in the time it's taken us. Okay, so here's here's my last map. So this is of the Cosmere. This is in Arcanum Unbounded. And I guess I would need to move out of the way to see everything. But these are different constellations. And here you have different planetary systems, right? So you can see Scadrial. And Roshar, and Nalthus, and what is that? Taldane over here. It's probably Can some behind me as maybe well. Maybe share it without like the the entire map so that we could see that. I'm really interested by this. Yeah. Mm. Was this this is from Arcanum Unbounded? You said this is an Arcanum Unbounded. Yeah. Yes. I need to look through that again. So, in in Mistborn, they mentioned the red patch of stars in the sky, right? Because they didn't have a moon; they just had those which are also shown there as the dragon. Are they mentioned in any other books? Are they mentioned in Stormlight? Mm. 
I don't know. Roshar's pretty far away. Well, I mean, it all just depends on your perspective, right? Jake's like, are you going through shades more or are you going on a shard ship? <laughs> well, no, I just mean like space is a 3D space. So this is a flat image from one planet's perspective, you know? So this is cool. maybe what you were referring to? The scar? Yeah, the scar. So those red, the, that like red patch of stars is mentioned, I think at least on Skadrial and I think another planet as well. I wonder if the distance between oh. these matters, like Nalthus and Cell are very close but that's to a, each other. Roshar is they, like just in one dimension. Yeah, it's just in one dimension. Like you don't know. Yeah, that's true. It's really cool how these characters that are in here really depict the characters in the books that they're representing. Yeah. Is right, this... like Roshar, you have like a shard bearer on Threnody. That's Warbreaker, right? Is Threnody? No. Nope. Nalthus Threnody is shadow, Shadows for Science, Silence in the Force yeah. oh, yeah. of Hell. Short story. Taldane is White Sand. Cell is a lamp. That's interesting. Is Nalthus Warbreaker? Yeah. Yes. It, do we know if this is canon? It's in the cause. It's oh, in the right, Arcanum right, Abounded. Right, right, so yes. Yeah, so yeah. Dang. That's a cool map, Stephen. Props. All right. I clearly won. <laughs> I don't know Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones YouTube video. Yeah. I can, okay. Can I just say I can't believe nobody did the map of the interactive map of Roshar. Ah, we you, missed be, opportunity. To be honest, well, you can enter that on Twitter if you'd like. To be honest, until I thought of the the YouTube video intro for the TV show, I was thinking of just maps you would find in the like front of a book. I was not thinking outside the box as much as I should have. Jake was thinking inside the covers of the book. Yeah. So that is encouraged. And if you want to enter into our contest, we do this every month. This month, just tweet us. We'll, we'll send out a, a tweet to get this all started. But go ahead and DM us your submissions. Shoot me an image, and I will put that together. You'll be entered into a bracket, and Twitter will determine the winner. It's a very scientific process that is never wrong. And uh, last month, we had a nice uh, top three book covers. This month, we're going to have our ultimate fantasy map so i'm looking forward to seeing what you guys come up with and i will say last month with the winner the first book in his pick was like a book that nobody had really heard of right or at least i had none of us had no i'd so, heard of it it's it's pretty oh, big really? um oh. i think last year okay well people did a really good job of judging the book by its cover yeah typically we don't encourage that we did encourage it in the month of november this month we're encouraging you to judge a book by its map i guess <laughs> Just judge a map by its map. Cool. Well, if you like Phantology and you want to hear more from us, you can do that at www.phantologybooks.com. Our full catalog is out there. And if you want to support the show, you can do that at patreon.com slash phantology underscore books. And please tune in to the Wheel of Time holiday stream over the 11th and 12th of December with all proceeds going to the Lightweaver Foundation. And uh, let us know what you'd like us to talk about. Awesome. Thanks, guys. See you guys. It was fun. See you guys next time.